The Watch is the latest and the greatest in pop culture from best friends Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald. Join them as they discuss TV, movies, music, and much more. Check out The Watch on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. Life is all about innovating, creating new ways to enjoy things. We wouldn't have movies like The Matrix or Star Wars without it. We wouldn't have the new groovy fries from Sonic either. You've never seen a fry like this. It's hot, crispy, and designed to hold more sauce in every groove, which is perfect because there's also a new groovy sauce, creamy with a kick, and made just for new groovy fries at Sonic. Get the new groovy fries and groovy sauce today. Live free. Eat Sonic. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. Life is all about innovating, creating new ways to enjoy things. We wouldn't have movies like The Matrix or Star Wars without it. We wouldn't have the new groovy fries from Sonic either. You've never seen a fry like this. It's hot, crispy, and designed to hold more sauce in every groove, which is perfect because there's also a new groovy sauce, creamy with a kick, and made just for new groovy fries at Sonic. Get the new groovy fries and groovy sauce today. Live free. Eat Sonic. I'm Sean Fennessy. Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> Wait, that's that's not right. I'm Sean Fennessy, and this is The Big Picture, a conversation show about Jackass. Jackass Forever is in theaters this weekend. Chris Ryan is here with me to talk about all things Jackass, one of our absolute favorite things in the world. CR, how are you? I'm good. You do such thorough intros that I was very relieved to hear that you weren't like, and then stay tuned later in the hour for my conversation with Pedro Almodovar because I feel like I always get brought on to talk about the most debased stuff and it's like, Chris is going to talk about dudes electroshocking their taints for 40 minutes. <laughs> and, then I'm gonna talk, and then I'm going to talk to like this Joachim von Trier. Uh, I, I almost had a jackass moment and almost just spit coffee all over my keyboard. So we're off to a rollicking start here on the Jackass podcast. But CR, you know, before we get into to Jackass, the new movie and the series and our favorite stunts in the film, we'll talk about all that stuff. Let's talk about Netflix because Netflix obviously dominates your life on the watch, my life here on the big picture. They yeah. are at the center of movie and television culture all of the time. And um, their their movie choices, their movie strategy has come under much speculation over the last few years. They're in a couple of awards races at the moment. And they did something that I think was modernized by HBO when you would get the teaser for what was mm-hmm. coming in HBO circa, I don't know, 2001, 2002. It felt like in the Sopranos era when they started doing more original programming and they would buttress the original programming with the new movie premieres that they were going to have. And it'd be like, HBO, welcome to the party, 2002. Right. And now Netflix has adopted this strategy over the last few years and they do it specifically with movies. And so they rolled out this trailer and it features highlights from some of the biggest movies of the year that Netflix is going to be premiering across their service. Chief among them, Spiderhead, um, which, you know, that the name has changed. It seems like it has been shortened simply to Spiderhead. Yes, from Escape Escape from Spiderhead, right? And I just wanted to check in with you, not just about this trailer, but about Spiderhead in particular. How are you feeling? We here at the Institute for Spiderhead Studies can verify that this is the first footage we've seen from Spiderhead, a.k.a. Escape from Spiderhead. So we speculate uh, speculated a bit in the soon-to-be-released 2022 to movie auction about whether or not in fact Spiderhead was a real film. We're ready now to make as a group a statement that it is a real film. Okay, it exists. Yeah. Uh it looks pretty cool. <laughs> I for like the 10 seconds that they How showed of it, the 5 seconds they showed of it. 
Um, it's funny to hear you talk about the HBO thing. You're definitely right that I, I mean, Netflix is almost like this stuff kind of almost reminds me of um, like when you're watching uh, Turner Classic and they, they're showing that's entertainment and it's just like the great films of Metro Golden Mayor <laughs> and like all the stars are just, like Liz- Elizabeth Taylor walks on set um, because they have all of these footage from the films themselves. And then Jennifer Lopez, Ryan Gosling, Jason Momoa just being like, "Where you know, this is where movies come to play here. And, and you're like, that's a, that's a shot from this film. Like the Russo brothers did that. Um, it's a pretty big testament to their market power and their ability to work with talent that they've got like people who probably don't get out of bed for a certain fee, you know, doing like in-house advertising for a streaming service that is uh, decapitating the movie business. I've never seen anything <laughs> quite so streamlined as this marketing campaign where, you know, it's not just the Jason Momoa types who you think would be pretty game for things like this or Kerry Washington or even Charlize Theron. Like Ryan Gosling, who has not mm-hmm. made a film, I believe, right. in five years. He made First Man and then he pieced out. <laughs> so he's back in a new film called The Gray Man, which is directed by the Russos. Is that correct? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Which also co-stars Chris Evans and is a big return for the Russos after Endgame and I guess Cherry. And Ryan Gosling, who famously somewhat media-averse, does not do a lot of advertisements. He's not a shill, I would say. Is, is shilling for The Gray mm-hmm. Man, this new action thriller from the Russos and reading scripted dialogue penned by the Netflix marketing team, I suppose. Things, I guess, are, things are different in the world He's of He's in the stardom. pocket of big to dumb. <laughs> you know? I, guess, I guess you're right. I mean, what other highlights? What jumped out to you? Because my one struggle with the Netflix films in general, and there are exceptions, The Power of the Dog, The Irishman, etc., but they all kind of look like the same flat surface. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is Did you notice that all of those movies had the exact same color scheme like c- cinematography like when they were cutting from the Jamie Foxx movie to the Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie to the Russo Brothers movie it all had the same feel right yeah it's this kind of like gray blue palette on every movie I guess there are a couple of exceptions there were some animated films here but everything feels kind of ultra real like it's happening on the sound stage of someone who's tr- kind of tripping balls you know like it's not yes. nothing feels tactile nothing feels Lived And this is a problem for, I think, a lot of the films on streaming services in general because of the way that our televisions look and the way that our computer screens look. And it's, so it's not necessarily the fault of the filmmakers, but there is a kind of house style that I find a little bit unnerving. So it's a, li- a little difficult even to Maybe take... Maybe it's a- me because like, I had like a blue light... Fil- like I have my blue light off on my computer so that like it doesn't hurt my eyes to stare at it for a while, but it really did seem like... Did one cinematographer do all of this? You it, know? It, it does feel that way a little bit. Um, did any films jump out to you as something that you are authentically excited about. I'm not, I mean, I'm legitimately looking forward to Gray Man, which looked pretty cool. Um, I thought that was a cool mustache on Chris Evans, Spiderhead, obviously. <laughs> what's the mother about? What's what's this Jennifer Lopez movie about? I, I don't know. I, I thought it was notable that there was a film called The Mother and also a film called The Mothership, which stars, oh. I believe, Halle Berry. Um, so that's going to be slightly confusing. The logline for the mother is while fleeing from dangerous assailants, an assassin comes out of hiding to protect her daughter. She left earlier in life. This is actually based on a true story based on my wife. So that's <laughs> exciting. Um, that is actually very close to uh, a pretty choppy Netflix series that's on right now called in from the cold, which uh, is just basically like a, 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 like a figure skating mom mm. re, uh, remembers that she's a Russian spy and assassin. I think a lot of these movies feel a bit like 
the kinds of movies you would see in a movie about a movie star who's made a lot of movies. You these know? are these all seem like they were parodied in uh, Tropic Thunder. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, and maybe that's just the the process of films being released directly to streaming services and feeling somewhat less special. Or maybe it's just this sort of like mashup of famous people style filmmaking, the red notices of the world, mm-hmm. where it's just like, let's just put Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling together and just see what happens. You know, we got one guy's Captain America, the other guy is from Only God Forgives. You know, we'll make something special. Blend it together. <laughs> uh, when are we doing the Only God Forgives pod? Um, what, Just name the day. I, I feel like we should do a five-hour uh, Place Beyond the Pines Only God Forgives double feature podcast. The crime where, pod? Where we, we do like a live rewatch of them both at the same time. <laughs> Like Bill when he watches football on four screens, <laughs> yeah. but, but for all the Nick Reffin works. Um, that sounds like it'd be really good. I I, I guess I want to see these movies. A couple of the animated movies I, I care about. I know you don't care about them, but Guillermo del Toro has a Pinocchio movie coming out. Mm-hmm. I mentioned Wendell and Wild, which is Henry Selleck, the great stop motion animator who made this movie with Key and Peele. So that's pretty exciting. That's cool. Um, the I, day shift, is that Jamie Foxx fights vampires when he's pr- pretending to be a pool cleaner, I think, is the log line. Uh, yep, yep. That's also based on my memoir, which I'm excited about. Uh, we talked about The Adam Project on an upcoming podcast, which I yes. do not want to spoil for people, but let it be known that we will be discussing at length a Ryan Reynolds project. Um, Ryan Reynolds is here in a couple of films. The big tease, I think, the, 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 the capper, the, the, the thunderclap moment, is Knives Out 2. Mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling's sequel to Knives Out, which has a star-studded cast once again that includes, among other people, who's in this? Dakota Johnson is in this movie. Uh, Catherine okay. Hahn is in this movie. Yeah. Kate Who Hudson. In this movie? Um, Ethan handful Hawk. of others. Ethan Hawke. Uh, looks, looks, looks fine. We saw eight seconds of it. Um, yeah. People getting on a yacht. And that was pretty much it. <laughs> 300 million well spent. Yeah. It's really hard to get excited about this stuff when they show you four seconds. Like, what am I looking at? A guy with a mustache? I, don't really, I mean, this is... I know that Netflix's film department does a much different job promoing their movies than their TV department does. And their TV department is obviously very successful. But I still like... There are still Netflix shows where you're just like, oh, I didn't know this was coming back at all. Like, I didn't know this was coming back at all. I remember like driving down the street one day and it was just like Mindhunters back in six days. That's my favorite show on television. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like writing Netflix. Like, I am maybe like, like your biggest proponent of this show. I feel like you and Andy have talked about this a lot on The Watch over the years. But as a person who tries to keep, I try to watch somewhere between 20 and 30 series a year. I'm mm-hmm. not aiming for that number necessarily, but I was looking back at kind of what I've watched over the years. And I, I, that's basically where I hit. Four or five reality shows, you know, the survivors, the top chefs, the shows, the, con- the the competition shows that I like. And then probably 10 or 12 miniseries and then 10 or 12 ongoing shows that I like. Mm-hmm. And I just, I looked at my um, my Apple TV this morning and I, I use the Apple TV sort of home screen now to show me like what shows I've been keeping up like with. Like what you're currently watching, yeah. yeah. Now that obviously doesn't account for Netflix and a handful of other services that you can't use that on, but... There were seven shows right now that I was like, oh, I'm in the middle of Vigil on your recommendation. Yeah. I'm, on the, I'm in the middle of Euphoria, obviously. I'm in the middle of, uh, I'm trying to catch up with Only Murders in the Building because I feel like they're going to announce that Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez are the hosts of the Oscars at some point. And oh. so I'm like, I want to be up to date on that. So I get all the references. Like, and uh, That would be funny if the Oscars were like, we got these people, they're going to be making deep Only Murders in the Building <laughs> Episode six references. I just want to. I want to know really all the speak text to the state of cinema. <laughs> that would be really challenging. But I thought that that was not a terrible idea in terms of fusing the old yeah. and the new for the hosts. Um, are you you as someone who is watching way more TV than I am? Are you, are you choked out right now? 
Um, I think that I am feeling a little bit underwater right now. Like, so we came out of the end of last year, which I thought was an incredibly strong finish of the year with Succession and Station Eleven. And, uh, and then I started this year with Ozark. So I feel like I knocked out a couple of like very dearly beloved shows. And now I'm like, you know, for every vigil, there's three shows where you start them and you're like, this sucks, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I, and sometimes it sucks because you're like, it's not for me. And sometimes it sucks because you're like, this is just never should have, this is just should not have been uploaded to the server. Uh, I was wondering, we don't really have to get too far into it. I'm probably going to talk about it on the watch anyway, but did you watch Boba Fett? I did. Uh, I just completed the episode and um, I thought it was great. I, I have no idea what it has to do with Boba Fett whatsoever. Uh, right. It definitely felt more like an episode of an animated Star Wars TV show, but that's cool. I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> Cad Bane, I'm all about that. Whatever, whoever that is, that, that guy, guy seemed cool. He seems yeah. sick. I was like, is this basically a stand-in for Lee Van Cleef? Because if he is, I'm into that being in Star Wars. Um, yeah, I thought it was cool. I don't really know. I don't have the same relationship to that stuff that I used to. Um, sure. And I, I don't have any emotional. It doesn't have a, the same emotional resonance for me. Like when after Rogue One, when I had to swaddle you like a baby and just coo into your ear that everything was going to be all right because all your dreams came true and you didn't know how to go on living and we get to now and you're like, that's cool. Like <laughs> Genuinely, yes. I think actually you can you could pinpoint, and I like The Last Jedi quite a bit, but you could pinpoint the Vader moment at the end of Rogue One as the last time that gave me chills. So I will never yeah. feel that way again. I think that show is fun. I like that those shows are also not that long that there are six or seven episodes and then I'm able mm-hmm. to move on with my life. It's more like when I look at a show that has 10 episodes and every episode is 68 minutes and I'm like, yes, I'm dying slowly uh, and I have to accept that fact. There's some cool stuff coming. Winning Time looks good. Uh, Pachinko looks really good mm-hmm. on Apple. I'm interested to see Severance, which is another Apple show. It's Ben Stiller directing. Um, there, there's some there's some cool stuff coming. Russian Doll is coming back, which I'm very excited for. I am excited for that too. I love the first season of Russian Doll. Uh, okay, so we've talked enough about TV. Mm-hmm. We have to Sorry. talk. We have to talk about cinema, Chris. Look at me, you usurper. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Actually, Jackass is the ultimate success story, which for started sure. as a television show. Actually, it started, frankly, as a magazine article. Is a well, it started as like and a then skateboarding as a skateboarding video. tape. Yeah, and then as this TV series on MTV, and now is frankly the most dependable intellectual property in all of Hollywood. I. I've never been disappointed by a Jackass movie, and I was not not, single time. not disappointed by Jackass forever one bit. Um, let's talk about our relationship to the franchise historically. So the show aired on MTV between 2000 and 2002. You know, well known that it was co-created and sort of shepherded by uh, Jeff Tremaine, who was an editor at uh, Big Brother Skate Magazine in mm-hmm. the 2000s and the late 90s, and also Spike Jones, his friend and a, st- a skate video filmmaker, soon to be music video director, soon to be genius director in his own right of feature films. Um, and Johnny Knoxville became sort of the mascot star leading man very early on in the process, a guy who had been trying to get into Hollywood and commercials and and TV and film and found his way in by basically testing self-defense items on himself. He yeah. shot himself with a weapon um, and impressed the guys who were editing the Skate magazine, which led to the creation of this series. Obviously, many other folks came on board over time. There's a stable of about 10 or 11 guys who consistently damaged their own bodies on film for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Were you a watcher of the TV show? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a sensation. I mean, you know, in that same way that all MTV programming around that time was never like a, at 8 p.m., the new episode is on. It was more like 
they're showing seven jackasses tonight at from like midnight to 2 a.m. And I'm just going to sort of sit here in a stupor and watch them and alternately cry and get a little nauseous and then eventually fall asleep. So I was, I was a big fan of the TV show. And like you, like I, I it's hard to uh, intellectualize this, you know, um, my relationship to this is that nothing has made me consistently laugh harder over the last 20 years, probably with this, maybe the exception of Will Ferrell than, than Jackass. So it's a pretty amazing accomplishment. A that these guys are just alive, but B that they've never slipped. I think when you and I, it feels closest to the conversations that you and I have had about horror movies. And not insofar as that I'm scared for the jackass guys, though sometimes I am scared for them, honestly. I feel like this incredible tension. But just that to feel something so deeply, mm-hmm. to feel the laughter, to feel the, the fear, the pain that those guys are going through, it's hard to accomplish that. It's hard to pull that off with a couple of calloused, hardened men like us, you know, to make us invested in these people over this period of time. The show has been really remarkably successful at that. It also... Many people have pointed this out over the years. This is far from an original insight, but it really does kind of foretell where a lot of our culture is going. The idea mm-hmm. of capturing yourself on screen and and putting yourself in a dangerous situation or a hilarious situation to get attention. Obviously, social media, this predates all social media and a lot of what you'll find on TikTok now, on Instagram, previously on Vine. I think Vine especially had a kind of post-Jackass life yeah. that grew really strong. Um that this invented a lot of forms of comedy, a lot of forms of stunt work, a lot of forms of brand building. It's kind of amazing. Also created like a ton of parasocial relationships that I think, you know, obviously we've talked about a lot over the last couple of years, maybe not in this podcast, but generally speaking, like I think that that's become a phenomenon where um, people feel like they know the people that they're watching and that those people are somehow in their lives. And one of the reasons for that is that when you watch Jackass, I think you pointed this out in a tweet the other day, is like you're you are watching friends and so you're watching friends crack each other up it's almost that's the attraction rather than the stunt cuz i think you can have different tastes in stunts but the guys doing them are always the same and they're always like it's always amazing just to look at the nuances of their reactions before during and after any given stunt that you kind of have like this sort of feeling of like Oh, I know Steve-O really gets scared when Knoxville does the bull stuff, you know? Like and it, and it and it's actually like pretty gripping to watch somebody like Steve-O who has no regard for his own personal safety get like super nervous about one specific thing. And he's like had alligators eat steak out of his underwear. <laughs> but is like seems really like 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 anxious when when Knoxville's in a bull ring. So there's that there's that attachment to those these guys as personalities. You're absolutely right that it like forecasts, you know, so much of like if you go on YouTube now, like I, most of the most popular stuff is a we're like th- me and my crew of friends, and b sick stunt prank challenge that we pulled off, you know, um, and that is, I mean, maybe Jackass didn't originate it, but they certainly popularized it. Yeah, the thing that's fascinating about it, too, is that the show really only lasted for three seasons. It very quickly hit this moral outrage center where Senator Joe Lieberman was rallying MTV to close the show down. guy, man. Um, (laughs) Sorry, Bob. This is a stray shot for you there. Um, You know, these it became like a political football pretty quickly. And the guys who were running the show had to be managed by an OSHA representative to make sure Mm -hmm. that people were not being hurt. And very quickly, it became clear that the show was not going to be sustainable for the long term. 
And very savvily, someone at Paramount, the parent company at the time of, or one of the parent companies at the time of MTV, said this should be a movie. And the way to kind of keep this thing alive is to make it a movie. Now, it's a little bit forgotten to time, but Jackass is is a pretty rich franchise. That yeah. there, there have been seven spe- series that have been spun off from the show. This is the fifth movie, kind of officially unofficially. There was a Jackass video game. Like this is this was a huge thing in our culture for a long time. I think it's pretty bracing to watch this one, to watch Jackass forever, because like, without putting too fine a point on it, like, dudes just looked like the guys in Jackass in 2002. <laughs> like, they just dressed like Johnny Knoxville. Like, guys wore thrift store t-shirts and had sweatbands and like, wore f- funky belt buckles and were like, I mean, that was a very big hipster look for a while. And now to get to this point where Johnny Knoxville is kind of like almost approaching this like, Tom Waits like kind of <laughs> like era is is pretty like wow you're really watching your life flash before your eyes but you're right like huge franchise there's all the like the movies then there's the point five movies that they do in between that are usually like behind the scenes footage or whatever there was all those spinoffs like the Viva La Bam and Unholy Union all the Bam Margera stuff so yeah I mean it's it's an industry but in a weird way the mothership movies are like these markers on the passing of time and 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 yet they are timeless. That is a that is one of the things that I love about the films is you can see even in these short intervals like the period of time between 1 and 2 is not very long, but things change. There's like an and you can tell because Steve has talked about how he was really in the grips of addiction during the mm-hmm. filming of Jackass number 2 and there is a kind of chaos in that movie. That movie is kind of scary. Like I would say Jackass 3 I, I find to be the funniest of the 3. Sure. But Jackass 2 it, it feels dangerous at times with with some of the stunts that they're doing and these guys seem really off the rails. Jackass 3 is more like we kind of have to get our money right here. This might be the last time we can really do this. Let's <laughs> let's up our production value. Let's kind of get everybody's shit together. I think a lot of the guys were sober at that time, no not all not all of them. And Jackass Forever feels like um I don't know about a denouement, but it feels like a passing of the torch. They mm-hmm. introduce all these new characters. But for you, like, what makes a jackass movie great? What, is, what are the things that, what are the hallmarks? Like, what are the, the parts of it that I like? Like, what, what kind of jackass things? Well, I, I guess it's not surprising given my taste in horror movies, but, like, it's the ones that, like, feel like where real danger is in play. You know, like, maybe not death, though that certainly is probably the worst case scenario, but... The ones where you can detect like actual fear on the faces of the people who are about to do it, and I, I don't know why that seems so uh, attractive to me. I, I I also just you know the the like farting into a bowl and making a guy put it on his head stuff is like fine, but I'm also just like <laughs> it's really more either like interactive like the office stuff, like the little like pranks they pull on one another, or the ones where it's like yeah, like we're not. 100% sure this is going to not result in Knoxville dying. What do you think about, forgive the potential pre- pretension of this question, but like the actual filmmaking, like the way that they make these movies, because I yeah. find that these movies look much better and increasingly better over time than what you would imagine a jackass movie looks like. I, I wish I knew what like what was different about Jeff Tremaine and Lance Bangs and Spike Jones from like almost anybody else who films their friends falling off of the garage roof. <laughs> but they're they're just really good filmmakers. They always seem to be in the right spot. They always seem to have the right footage. They always seem to have like the 4K slow-mo footage of a guy getting nuked just like at the exact right time. And I also really love how those guys have become characters themselves. Spike's not so much in the in the 
in the films, usually it's Jeff and Lance who are like uh, a little bit more on, on camera. But yeah, like often Lance vomiting on camera. Yes, yes, which is <laughs> I, I, and it never ceases to crack me up. Just imagining Lance going home to Corin Tucker from Sleater Kinney at the end of the day and be like, "What did you do, honey?" And it's just like I barfed in an N95 mask <laughs> while a guy. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, like guy had his had his dick assaulted, you know, yeah, by exactly. a snake. Um, what do you think? I mean, is there like a is there a secret filmmaking sauce to this? I don't know. I mean, I was not a skate kid. I feel like you were more of a skate kid than I was, and I feel like when you're a skate Adjacent, kid, more music than I was actual skating, but like culture around it, and then a lot of the skate videos that like Transworld and Big Brother videos and stuff had basically all the music we liked on them so yeah they would sometimes just be on in people's houses and i'd be like oh my god it's like delta funky homo sapien into dinosaur jr into a pantera song you know yeah i mean i i want to talk about the music a little bit too because i feel like that's an underrated part of some of these movies but i feel like the filmmaking style of a lot of good skate videos especially from the 90s is just like let's just see if we can put the camera in the craziest place possible like I mean, we want to c- capture everything spike from did the that. best spike angle spike was like yes. i'm gonna skate with this with this and he he may not have invented this or anything, but like a lot of the early Beastie Boys videos are just direct extensions of Spike Jones being like, "I'm going to do Steadicam on a skateboard," which in and of itself is just an extension of like early Coen Brothers stuff, where they were like, "Well, why don't we just like nail this camera down to a two by four and swing it across the room?" I mean, like the you know necessity is the mother of invention stuff is really cool with these guys. That's exactly the word I was thinking of. It just feels like they are more inventive, and they're more inventive even with the sort of like dumbest possible stunt you can pull off there's still something amusing in this new movie the big opening set piece you know and there is always an mm-hmm. opening set piece to all of the jackass films is one of the dumbest things i've ever seen in my life um yeah chris pontius's dick is involved i won't spoil it for you except to say that it is an ode to monster movies mm-hmm. um and it's just like this is some this is a thirty million dollar movie being distributed widely by one of the five standing movie studios, and it's just, the the people who gave us Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's just like Godzilla yeah. semen is a factor in this yeah. in this movie. So a lot of semen in this movie. Lot, lot of semen. Lot lot of um lot of genitalia as always. We'll we'll get to that in a minute. Um, I was wondering if you think that there's like anything. That we can compare Jackass yeah, to. Yeah, I, I, so I know that there is a temptation to just be like, are these guys the inheritors of like Buster Keaton? Right, you know, right. Or something like, is there a kind of like core physical comedy that these guys understand and how like screen comedy should work? And I, I, I'm totally open to that as a, as a possibility, but it does not speak to my like, lived experience while watching jackass Mm. is not like oh what a creative way to show the cat and mouse like no it's just like (laughs) there's something that's almost like psychedelic about going into one of these situations where it's just like from the second this starts to the second it ends you're basically in a state of laughter and sometimes complete like uh, like howling uncontrollable cackling so that really is like laughter is like kind of a drug in that situation where you're just like i'm just like I, and it would be amazing. Like we would be watching this movie. And I was sitting right next to you, and then like the stunt would end, and you would just hear people like just cacophonous laughter continuing on into the next scene. It's an amazing thing. I think you're. I think it's probably wise to resist reaching for those comparisons. Yeah. Like, is it a study of masculinity over the last twenty years? Like, kind of, I, sure. I, like, yeah. I mean, I think it's not unreasonable to like look at interviews with the cast members and kind of parse some of the complicated aspects of their personalities and read into some of those things. The actual show 
films and stunts are often so stupid and simplistic. It's just like Johnny Knoxville will climb on a rocket and the rocket will be shot into a lake. The thing like, is, that's is that not Buster Keaton. There was no you, design there. No, it's us at 12 being like, I dare you to jump off the roof. Yes. And somewhere in our brains, one of us would be like, no, we actually shouldn't do this. And then it's like, well, what if we did? And then what if we filmed it? And what if we did like even crazier versions of it? And that to me is still funny and still amazing. Like the dumbest stunts that they do where it's like, you know, there's a couple of like, I don't want to spoil the stunts, but there are like some that are just like really basic, like just above them, like a BMX stunt where they're just like, let's get a bunch of bodies instead of a ramp. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's incredible stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's also, it's incredibly stupid. I, I'm, one of the things I'm grateful for in my, in my long friendship with you is that we don't have a, a rough housing physicality right. in our friendship. No nut shots between us. You know what I right. mean? But I do have friends with whom I have that kind of a relationship. And like these 51-year-old men in Jackass Forever are like, you know what would be really funny if I just punched my friend in the nuts? Well, did, what's, the, what's the one that opens with them in the shopping cart, the giant shopping cart? Is that two? I believe that's two, yeah. And that's the one where like Bam and Dunn are like punching each other in the face as the cart is going. Like, oh, Yeah, no, like, I think that's actually one. I think that's the oh, okay. first film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they have like a you know, they have, they, they're juvenile. Like, the, and, and that's okay. I think that's ultimately what we're trying to get to is that there's something ridiculous and goofy about what they do, but it feels somehow earned. Now, it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not without controversies and complications. Like, it's probably notable for, before we start getting into this movie. Um, a few years back, Ryan Dunn, who was a longtime cast member, passed away in a, in a drunk driving accident. Um, and the film is dedicated to him. Bam Margera is not in this film. Um, mm-hmm. There's reports that he has been struggling with addiction. There is a restraining order against him, and he was fired by Paramount from this film, so he is not a part of this. You know, Bam and Ryan are a big part of the first three films. Huge. They yeah, are. Like they did CKY, which was like a big backbone of like basically building out Jackass. Yeah, and they're not necessarily from the same the sort of LA contingent. They're they were East Coasters. They were Pennsylvania guys. They as were I Westchester. Recall. Yeah, um, outside of Philly. And there, I always found that their brand of stunt and their sort of personas was slightly different um there was kind of like a, a little like more a, metal a little yeah it was a little <laughs> more rage behind a lot of the work that they did and there was like a bam's parents were always at the center of a lot of the the stunts that they did whereas the knoxville steve-o chris pontius that crew was a little bit more skateboarder a little bit more like yeah dipshit like, and McGee, like like those guys who are just like sure you can shoot me out of like a cannon that's fine right so the the movie i think with the absence of of bam and and of course the absence of dunn it has a slightly different feel. And one of the things that they do, I think, to bolster and to, I think, frankly, make this movie feel more legible to modern audiences is they add new cast members. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of new young people, um, one of whom may be familiar, actually, to readers of TheRinger.com. Um, a few years back, there, we ran a great profile uh, of Zach Holmes, who's also known as Zach Ass, who's this very big fellow who gives Preston Lacey, the cast member, a run for his money in terms of girth. Um, and then Jasper Dolphin, he of Odd Future, mm-hmm. um, a grown man named Poopies, who is, uh, really feels like he's taking on... He's a skater, on, right? He's a skater. He, yeah. he, it feels like he's taking on Dave Englund and, and Aaron McGahee's kind of like title of who can be tortured the most uh, in the series. Rachel Wolfson is a stand-up comedian. She's the first woman, notably, in the Jackass I, series. I just want to say, you know, I was reading, Alan Siegel has a great piece about this movie on The Ringer. And he mentions the, the Rachel Wolfson inc- inclusion, and she's great in this. And in a way, almost too good at Jackass 
Because as Knoxville, I think, told uh, Alan, or at least it's quoted in the piece, like, she actually just doesn't seem scared by anything and is just like, it's almost like it's like (laughs) watching a Jeopardy champion who wins like 37 times in a row. You're like, I guess this isn't really a game show if you're just going to win every time. Yeah, there's something fascinating about all of the new inclusions in that that fear that you were talking about when Steve-O is terrified for Knoxville, for example. We don't feel that with Rachel, say, when she has an encounter with a scorpion in the mm-hmm. film. She's kind of like, let's just do this. It's almost like a this is good for content thing. It's not, I liked yeah. it and it works, yeah, yeah. but it, I feel like a new generation of people have trained themselves that it's just like, this is what's good for the biz. You know what I mean? This is how we do jackass and we all have to do it. Otherwise, we're not well, doing our jobs. Well, because when jackass started, it was like no one would ever like, this isn't like a job. This isn't like a professional career path. And now it is. It's kind of fascinating. Um, let's talk a little bit about, about the core cast, about the the, the OG guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Knoxville's in his 50s. Steve-O, I think Steve-O's in his late 40s. Pontius is in his late forties. He looks tremendous. He's always been the the yeah. uh, the most fortified. I would say all of, all of him looks tremendous. Um, truly, we see him in full. We frankly, we see every cast member. I think besides Knoxville in full bloom in this yeah. movie, um, for better and worse. And uh, I was nervous for the guys in a different way this time. I, I, I you know, I don't want to spoil some of the stunts. I, I except to say that there is a bull stunt in this movie. That is very similar to a bull stunt, I believe, in Jackass 2, which is one of the craziest stunts of all time. And I believe in Jackass 2, number two, Knoxville, in in what is one of the interstitial moments in the movie, and all the movies have this. There are some kind of big center set pieces, and then there are these almost like 30-second moments where they quickly move on. Knoxville walks into the middle of a, a, um, a bull ring, and he puts on a blindfold. He's got a red plaid shirt on. And a cigarette. And he lights a cigarette. And like three seconds later, a bull just charges him and flips him over. And I'm like, I don't even know what this, what, like, what was this? What was yeah. this an homage to? Was this like a political act? What, <laughs> like, what was the point of this bit? And it's clear that he is just violently traumatized by this bull. And, and there's ki- a kind of sequel to this stunt in the film. Yeah. And it clearly was very, very dangerous. And, and Knoxville incurred a brain hemorrhage, which has been reported and talked about. Mm-hmm. And maybe probably could signal the end of Knoxville doing this kind of thing for a living. Yeah. So the, 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 this new cast, I think, is with an eye towards like, well, maybe there could be like another version of Jackass after us um, and keep the brand going. And maybe those guys could come back through and sort of be like wise overlords of it or like supervisories talent, but not necessarily put themselves in harm's way. That bull thing that you're talking about with Knoxville is one of the craziest things I've ever seen, both the earlier one with the cigarette and the one that happens in this movie. And uh, yeah, he's been pretty open about the fact that like he got really, really, really injured <laughs> on this one. So it's it kind of makes... Does it ever make you queasy when you're watching this kind of stuff, whether you know the result or not, where you're like, am I watching essentially a snuff film? It does, because I think... My favorite thing about the show and this and the series of films is what we were discussing earlier, which is the laughter, the friends, mm-hmm. even if it's like at the expense of someone who's getting their nuts slapped, the the sense of excitement and camaraderie. Those interstitials often are not shot with the full cast. They're usually shot like one person alone. It seems like when yeah. Knoxville is doing some of these things, he's by himself or Steve-O is by himself doing something really crazy. And that just feels dangerous. You know, it does not feel fun. Maybe it's all dangerous, though. I, w- I was going back and watching some of the older ones. You remember when Bam and Johnny like flipped that golf cart? Oh God, that's terrible! And like, and it's like th- 
golf carts are not supposed to be flipped. They don't have roll bars. And Knoxville just gets like folded underneath a golf cart <laughs> and doesn't remember what happened. There are a handful of and moments. And that was 20 years ago. Yeah. He's still doing this. There are a handful of moments in the new film even where guys are flying off ramps and they're yeah. landing and people are genuinely concerned that they're not going to wake up. Yeah. And so, it, you know, I think for many people, this series is just persona non grata because they're like, this just makes me sick. This makes right. me terrified, sick. I don't understand how why this is so debased. On the other hand, Johnny Knoxville looks good. Yeah, <laughs> he's like man. 50 years old. <laughs> he's got gray hair. He looks like he's in good shape. He looks happy. Yeah. He's had an incredibly successful career as an actor and as the host of Jackass, one of the most successful series of the last 20 it years. Is, it's one of the funniest things, though, is just like, I mean, I've never really been like this, but like the, the last 10 years of just being like, man, we have to look out for football players. But hold on, <laughs> let me go watch Jackass. <laughs> it is an incredible contrast. Like, yeah. So, before we start picking some of our favorite stunts, um, I asked you to put together the the, the five yeah. kinds of jackass stunts that 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 you meet here in, in these films. So you you I, you put together, I think, a perfect list. So break it down for me. Let's talk about each one. Right. So there, I think, like you said, there are like about five kinds of jackass stunts uh, that that you see in these movies. This is like a loose sort of mapping of, of the stunts, but it, it, at its core, I still think you have like the skateboarding and BMX stunts that are like the roots of the of the whole program. I think that's where a lot of the guys come from is from those backgrounds. Some of my favorite uh, moments in the movies and in the shows have been included like Tony Hawk and Matt Hoffman and other BMX guys. It's always funny when, I think one of my favorite things ever is when, remember the, uh, I think it's in one where they're doing the ramps, but they're throwing like the weighted balls at each other while oh they're God. skating and biking. And Tony Hawk gets through blindfolded. Yes. And I was just like, Tony Hawk might be the goat like of, <laughs> of all time, like of any sport for this. Like, I can't believe he did it. But yeah, you get these skateboarding BMX uh, stunts. Then there's the bathroom stuff, which is admittedly not my favorite thing. That is um, like throwing porta potties up in the air, stuff that involves farting into other people's mouths or noses, uh, anything that involves secretions or ejaculate. Which you know, I I do have to make a category because there is quite a bit of ejaculate in the in the uh, jack jackass franchise. There certainly is. Yeah, they are uh, <laughs> they're they're uh, creating uh, they're creating ejaculate, Chris. Yes. Uh, so you got the bathroom stuff. I don't know how do you feel about it. Do you do you like the 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 like let let's really get after it. And, like have Wee Man put his head inside of Preston's butt. I think at the at the more unfortunate moments of my life, I've misapprehended who and what I am and I'm trying to do. And like I I'm just a regular dude. <laughs> and at the end of the day, the things that appeal to me are not just Kurosawa. Yeah. You know, and the works of Philip Roth. Like, I am a guy who I th I will probably laugh if you um, put a rocket underneath a porta potty and shoot a guy into the air. Yes, um, and, and then have, he's covered in poop. Yeah, I you yeah. know, like I'm just a man. Ultimately, <laughs> that's really all I can say. About it. I'm not above that, and uh, I, it's not. It, it would be last in my in my power rankings of the kinds of stunts that they do. But I also think it wouldn't be jackass if it didn't have like grotesquery. Yeah. You know, there is a kind of grossness that I think is kind of fundamental to a project. So I, you know, I think the next two are the most interesting to me in, sure. in terms of so, what you have. Yeah, I have torture, which is anything that involves tasers, riot guns, and then spiders, snakes, and bears. And that that you you can open that up to even more stuff. But it's the kind. These are the skits. Uh, the 
the pranks where you're like, oh my God, like, like this guy is sincerely scared of what's about to happen. So th- like we can, when we get to our favorite, um, favorite sketches ever, like we can talk about these more specifically, but these are really like the ones where guys are crying with fear Guys are shaking, guys are passing out, guys are having anxiety attacks. And that's like weirdly the ones where I'm like, this is amazing because it's so real. Same. This is my fa- <laughs> this is my favorite by far. And it's upsetting because it's it's literally like there is a giant tarantula six inches from a man's face, and this man could die if yeah. the tarantula bites him. But the endorphin hit that you get from watching someone with that living fear, but knowing that like they probably would not have put this movie in 3,000 theaters. If a guy if a died guy on died, screen, yeah. you know, like we we know that there are some guardrails around our mind on this, but not enough that I have to believe like everything's going to be okay. There's that real that middle ground. No, it's of, like you. This guy might have broken his wrist, but I don't think he's in a body bag, which I guess is is like ultimately the weird line that we're going in on. Uh, the other uh, categories that I have here, so the, that was torture. Then there's just pranks, and that would I think bad grandpa or would go here is just like these guys going out into the world and doing something like the pandas running around Tokyo or, you know, just anything that happens in the real world. There's an especially great prank in Jackass forever that I won't spoil. So funny. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I enjoy these quite a bit. I also think, um, I'm, I'm just guessing, but it seems like Spike Jones enjoys these a lot too. Yes. Uh, He has participated in some of these in the past as an old woman. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> very vivid imagery. <laughs> and the fifth category that I have, which is is somewhat limited and also can include some from the above categories, is Dances with Death. And these these are the ones where it just seems like this shouldn't legally happen. And these is th- this specifically is the the Johnny Knoxville versus Bulls, Buffaloes, like anything where it's like, we're not totally sure this is gonna work. Yeah. There are fewer of these, obviously, in all the films because of the liability in play mm-hmm. and because of the danger. But these are, they're not thrilling, but they are captivating. And that's the that's really the challenge, I think, with Jackass is how gross can you get? How scared can you get? How excited can you get? And how much can you get caught up in someone else's danger? Um, mm-hmm. You want to talk about your faves? Yeah, sure. Um, should we count them down? Yeah, let's count them down. What's your number five? These are our favorite stunts of all time on Jackass across all the films. Yeah. So number five, I have a Dave England one, which is a fire hose rodeo. It's very, very simple. My man is on a fire hose that's dangled from the sky. Uh, The fire hose whips around for a solid 90 seconds. And when Dave England falls, he basically breaks his ass. (laughs) And uh, he's covered in mud and crying and can't get up. And all the guys rush up to him and they're like just cracking up at like the visuals that they just saw. And he's like basically like I I broke my ass and is like shows that he's bleeding from from his rectum honestly so I, I'm, glad, I'm just really glad that I've arrived at a professional place where I could talk about this with somebody. <laughs> I believe the line Knoxville delivers is that's a jackass first rectal bleeding. Yes, um, this is a great one. I think. Anglin and, and Danger Aaron are like the unsung heroes of this show. They really because are. They especially are, this movie. I think Aaron is like the MVP of the movie. He, he really is. And those guys are simultaneously the most scared and the most fearless because the things that they do, and Aaron takes some nut shots in this movie, in this new movie. My, oh my, my word. It is very, very terrifying, um, but great entertainment. And Dave is, Dave is probably best remembered as the guy who takes a real shit in a toilet in a hardware store in the first yeah. film, which is very funny and bizarre. But when he is in pain, 
it is pro- it looks like yeah, he's about his, to burst into tears his one eye is usually close like he is part of one of my favorite sketches that I'll get to in a bit but his reaction to one of my favorite sketches is like one of the most real things I've ever seen on screen <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number five is your number four so this is a good one to talk about so this sketch is the the rare jackass sketch that involves almost every key cast member mm-hmm. um, it's from jackass 3D it's called Electric Avenue named after the pop song and it's got this. Some of the sketches on this show have very, very dumb setups. In this sketch, Knoxville appears as a prison warden who is standing in front of a bunch of guys dressed in striped, you know, pinstripe yeah. uh, prison outfits. And he says that due to prison overpopulation, we are allowing these prisoners to escape. However, in order to escape, they need to get across this bridge. And what is across the bridge is a series of tasers cattle prods and stun guns and it's just the bridge quote unquote is just a bunch of tires in a hallway at paramount (laughs) this sketch was clearly crafted created and produced for less than a thousand dollars oh for sure it's whatever the tasers costed and so the two people who do not participate in the sketch we have not mentioned Wee man yet jason acuna who of course is a key member of the show too Mm -hmm. Wee Man and, and Knoxville are on the sidelines for this sketch. Basically, all of the other key guys, Knoxville, Bam, Ryan, Aaron, Dave, they're all in these outfits. And they have to race across this narrow hallway that is populated by swinging stun guns and tasers. Mm-hmm. And their reactions of pain as they crawl, flip, Before and, and during fall. and after, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the sheer terror that Steve-O exhibits before he has to go through this hallway. he says he's going to pass out, right? This is the this is literally one of the craziest living humans who has put his body through such enormous terror and pain. And one of the great things, obviously, about this list is you don't have to go back and watch all of Jackass 3D. Just Google Electric Avenue Jackass after you've listened to this and watch this and watch Bam Margera's reaction when he gets to the end of this stunt. A guy who has also put himself through a lot of pain over the years, purely angry that he has had to do this. Yeah, it's it is it is forgive this pun, but it is a, an electrifying stunt. Um, my number four, like you said, is Electric Avenue. My number three is another office prank, which is High Five. Um, this is like the most adorable one to me. So this is basically uh, Johnny Knoxville has a giant hand on like a, a retractable bar that, you know, a tension release thing. And he's just wearing a t-shirt that says Lance Bangs. And they're hiding in like the little cafeteria <laughs> cubby hole of wherever their production office is. So people are like filing in and bringing their lunch into this like dining room. And Knoxville is hiding around the other side of a, of a wall with a hand that will then spring out and not be like hit people square in the face. It's, and it's enormous. It's going to be from their torso up. So the best part about this is every time they do it, the person who just got got then gets like basically recruited into it. Like it is just like it swallows them up and it all culminates with Knoxville getting bam with also attaching bales like like bags of flour to the hand so that it explodes on contact with bam and then bam gets like full flush. It's an amazing hit and it's just such a funny sketch because it's like these guys like stuck alone in a production office for days on end coming up with stuff like this. The There are a couple of great moments from that one, but the antiquing of Bam is, is really great. Also, Aaron being asked to transport the soup and being hit when this, well, he's whole, carrying the soup. <laughs> it splits his tray in <laughs> Some wonderful stuff. Um, it, th- this is a great example of just some of the dumbest shit being as, as effective as possible. I'll do my number four and my number three uh, together because I don't really want to spoil number yeah. four. 
But number four is from Jackass Forever. It is one of the most grotesque things I've ever seen in my entire life. Steve-O is the star of this stunt. It involves bees and genitals. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, this was a real, like, I can't believe this is on camera. I can't believe, like, I'm alive to see this. I felt like I was vibrating, but also, like, I would explode into particles while this was happening. I was like, no human should be allowed, not even to experience this, but just to witness it, because it is yeah. so intense. The th- Number three is also a Steve-O stunt. It's barely even a stunt. It is just, a, a, I think, the purest expression of how fucked up these guys are. This is from the first movie, Jackass the Movie. It's called Wasabi Snooters. And it's literally just a minute of Steve-O snorting wasabi at a sushi restaurant, which anyone can tell you is the dumbest thing you could possibly do. I can't even put wasabi on my tongue, a tiny droplet. And he is mixing soy sauce and wasabi together and snorting it like a line of pure Colombian cocaine. But did you ever like when you were like 13 and you were like a pizzeria uno, did you ever like dare somebody to like eat like a like a whole spoonful of salt or something like that like, no question it's like yeah. it's familiar as like that kind of a challenge but also you know no one dared Sivo to do this he was like you know what i'm gonna do is no, snort just like let's do it yeah absolutely uh, and so he's a madman and that's like it's it's is it the most visually thrilling no we'll i'll get to a visually thrilling one shortly but it kind of tells you everything you need to know about these guys especially back in the 2003 days okay what's your number two uh, it's a cheat because it's Knoxville versus Bulls or Buffaloes. This includes Roller Buffalo from Jackass 3, Toro Trotter from Jackass 2, Running with the Bulls, which is the intro for Jackass 2, Blindfolded versus a Bull, which we talked about, uh, Invisible Man, which is when Knoxville is painted to look like the background of a wall he's standing in front of <laughs> while a bull runs around. Uh, he eventually does get got by that bull, I think, um, but not as bad as as usual. And then uh, the the bull stunt from Jackass Forever. So I'm a simple guy. I just like like watching a guy get run over by buffaloes is amazing. Um, my number one is actually Toro Totter, which is one of the the bull stunts that you're talking about. Toro Totter, which is from Jackass number two, which I, which believe which involves I believe Pontius Pontius Bam, Bam Knoxville Stevo and, 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 and Knoxville, yeah. And they're on a teeter-totter, a four-way teeter-totter in the center of a bull ring, and the bull is let loose, and they have to bounce up and down as the bull runs around the ring and try to avoid getting clipped by the bull. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's terrifying, and it's kind of visually beautiful to watch them teeter-totter back and forth and communicate to each other, scared about whether or not they're going to get hit. But what's crazy about that one is Knoxville's determination to stay on the totter even after everybody else has abandoned it. That is genuinely upsetting him dancing with the devil in that sequence where he's like, I'm not getting off. Like yes. everyone is left and I'm by myself. I think Pontius has been gored. I think Dunn is actually in it because Dunn gets fucked up. In yes, he gets flipped, which is yeah. really, really uh, scary. And and yeah, you're right. Knoxville's like, so that actually leads right into my number one, which is one of the most obscene things I've ever seen, which is uh, the riot control test. It's Knoxville, Bam, and Dunn on the receiving end of hundreds of 45 caliber pellets being exploded out of this anti-riot device that they put outside of embassies. Um, And it's just basically like these guys getting hit with like hundreds of little bullets and grenades at once. It makes an incredible sound. So they test it once. These guys are all sitting in like in like a shooting range and they test it once with the, with the defense specialist who they're hanging out with and the sound and the explosion it makes. Bam. And Dunn just like walk out like fuck that, and they both like just storm out. 
and they show England and England's like, I'm having a full-on panic attack. I can't do this. And when they go outside, Dunn is, is hanging out. He's like smoking. He's like, dude, you are fucking out of your mind if you do that. And Knoxville goes, come on, man. It's footage. And they go back inside and like they're just cut. And the next thing you know, Dunn, Bam, and Knoxville take this riot gun at full blast. And it, it it's unbelievable. <laughs> like Bam's just crying. But I just it's just one of those things where you're like, how did you think of this? Where did this device come from? And how did you talk these fucking guys into going and standing in front of it? And why am I laughing so hard? So this sketch actually exists in like an outside, like a category that we don't necessarily understand here where it's like, is this just pure sadomasochism? Yeah. You know, like is, there's something else like going what's on. what's wrong with Knoxville? Yeah. 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 I honestly, I, I mean, I say that candidly lovingly because he's given me so much this 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 bit is a sequel to riot control test which appeared in the jackass movie because he gets shot with the beanbag right? yes yeah. it's just a one beanbag shot into the stomach that knoxville endures and i so i feel like knoxville is like i've been down this road before uh-huh. i need someone to join me and so this sense of like if i jumped off the brooklyn you know if your friend jumped off the brooklyn bridge would you it has that kind of quality to it this one is insane because obviously like when after it finishes and Dunn has taken some absolutely brutal shots, they show his chest and he just, yeah. he has been pulverized by these pellets and Knoxville is like anything on my face. No, we're good here. All set. Good to go. Like he's just been an- annihilated by, yeah. a, by a gun that would, you know, is designed to ward off insurgents. large crowds. Yes. yes. Yeah. And uh, these, these guys are absolutely nuts for that. So I already mentioned that Toro Totter is my number one. My number two it's just beautiful. Uh, it's the jet engine. Yeah. This is from Jackass 3D. This was, um, I guess, inspired by that famous Maxwell cassette ad where the guy is sitting in a lounger chair and he's having his like head, bl- you know, his hair blown back by the, the sound of the music that he's listening to. This, the hair being blown back on Ryan Dunn, the start of the sketch, is literally coming from a propulsion jet, just mm-hmm. blowing as hot and as hard as it possibly can. And then they create a series of mini stunts around using the propulsion from the jet to blow things through the air as quickly as possible. The funniest by far is Knoxville suiting up in a Jim Thorpe style football uniform with a Mm -hmm. leather helmet and having a football blasted his way 100 miles an hour. And there is a beautifully edited sequence in which a ball hits him directly in the chest and he goes down like a like a draped skeleton. It's just magical. There's a couple of other great moments. I, I think I think Dave is uh, is a waiter at one point carrying yeah. a tray full of food out to Pontius, who's dressed as a woman. Um, there are a handful of other really, really good ones. Preston Lacey getting blown around despite being 350 pounds. It's just one of those things where you can see that there's someone in their mind's eyes like, what if we just got a jet and just play, mm-hmm. played with it? And... You and I are, I don't think we're doing that enough on our podcasts. I don't think we're saying what if enough. Like, I know. I mean, like, w- like, w- like those guys were just going up to the Redstones and just being like, yeah, just sign here. <laughs> It'll be a hit. I don't understand how, do you think our culture has come all the way around on this sort of thing where they're just like, you know what? Take your life in your own hands. You know, it's all content. Like, are they, are uh, we all Knoxville now? I guess is the question I'm asking you. Well, I mean, the question is really like, do you think that something like this could like exist now? Because it just seems like both 
it, it's so rare to have something that like comes out of nowhere like this and becomes such a mainstream phenomenon and frankly ends like at its peak rather mm-hmm. than going on maybe a little too long. I'm not even talking about do you think that there would be like some sort of like moral pushback about it or do you think like people would be like this is the wrong message to send. But yeah, like I do definitely think that these guys tapped into a I am the story like the story is just like whatever we choose to put on and honestly like the making of is is integral to the what you see on screen in the first place and that's why Tremaine and Bangs and all these guys like wind up being part of part of the whole set so all seven of the existing jackass films the point fives all that stuff are all available to be streamed on Paramount Plus this movie's coming out in thousands of theaters mm-hmm we're, you know, we're in a complicated moment in the pandemic. It seems like Omicron is is slowing, but maybe not slowing as fast as people would like. Is this movie going to be a hit? The last three have been pretty big hits. I'm, I, I'm leaning yes, because I went and saw Scream 5 and I was like, people really enjoy going to the movies when it's like something like this. Yeah. Can it be a movie like, does it have to be a movie like this? Is this just another brand of horror in a way? Does it, but didn't it feel like we were like plugging into an energy source yesterday watching it? Unquestionably. I mean, I, I I was trying to remember with you yesterday. I don't know who I saw Jackass 3D with, but I saw it in a movie theater in Brooklyn with friends. And I felt like I had touched God at the end yeah. of the movie. I was yeah. like, this is what God wanted for me. He wanted me to feel this deeply. And all of this corroded yeah. skin around my heart has been destroyed. And I am pure again because these guys are willing to do this for our, our entertainment. And I I still think there are... I wonder if like young people whether it's because of Rachel Wolf and Wolfson and Jasper Dolphin mm-hmm. or whatever, or just because they well, just want to see people get fucked like, up. Or are they like, I watched Logan Paul or, or any of the other thousands of people who are like, check this out, I drove my car into a pool and then it like exploded. Like, is that take up all the jackass stuff and they don't need to see jackass? Uh, that's a really good question. I wonder, can you make an event out of something like this when you can just have it on your phone all the time is, is relevant. I think if you've listened this far to this episode, you may be getting ready to queue up some of those stunts that we're just recalling. Last question for you. Yeah. Is this the the end of the Jackass franchise? I I get the impression that this was like that that, that 3 was supposed to be the last one and then they were like come on let's try one more before we're like officially too old to do something like this. I definitely think this is the I don't think Knoxville can do more like do any more of this stuff. If in 10 years they do it again. If like if, l- actual bad grandpa? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like uh, will you will that seem too far? Will that be hard to hard to watch? Because I didn't actually struggle with this until Knoxville got in the ring with the bull. Yeah, but that could have happened to him when he was 22. True. You know what I mean? True. Like the bull doesn't care if he's 50 or 20. I, but but I you know think, this as we get older, our bones are getting more brittle. Oh my dude. God. I mean, like I was I, one of the things I was going to ask you earlier is like, when's the last time you actually just like ate shit? Like when's the last time you just like <laughs> fell? And I mean, I, I, it, I, I had like a really bad fall back in New York, like, like in the 2010s. And it was like it was it was significant, but like I was like laid up for like two two or three weeks, and my back was like like yellow from bruises and stuff. And like the idea that these guys are shooting a lot of these stunts, like they do like two day shoots where they do like multiple stunts a day, it's unbelievable that they can still get up after this. This is perhaps a less couth question, but when's the last time you really took a shot to the nuts? It's been a really long time. I can't even remember. What about you? Well, I'll try to remedy that for you soon. Um, <laughs> no, it's been a really, it's been a really long. I, I'll tell you what. I was thinking this is obviously uh, slightly different than what the Jackass guys are up to. But you know, when you, ha- I have young nephews, 
And mm-hmm. when they were and like, they just, they just go right after. Yeah, me. when they were like seven and five, they're like, you know, it'd be hilarious if it was, if I just punched you right here. Yeah. And I, pr- I don't think I've ever really been more angry like in my life. I don't think I've ever been more like, <laughs> is there like a jet pack that sends these kids straight to hell? Like, how do we get them right. off Earth because of what yeah. they just did to me? And I love those two, but like that is imagine that's that being de- your that's job. That's the demon age. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. but right. that's like if you're Dave Englund, you're like he does yeah. that for a living. Yeah. Uh, absolutely terrifying. This is what you do for a living. You, you talk about movies and culture. Um, That's right. And uh, We covered a lot of it today, man. You feel good about this? Mm-hmm. Do you think if, if the listeners of this show could challenge us to any jackass stunt in the world, which one would you want them to challenge us to? I think I would rather do anything but the, the poop stuff. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Snakes, buffaloes, heights, BMX stunts, anything like I'd rather do all of that than than the poop stuff. Well, with the, with Amanda on parental leave soon, I think the snake pod could be coming for us. So just alert the video team, <laughs> turn the camera on, so to speak. Uh, okay, CR, thank you so much for for joining me in Jackass Rivalry. Thank you to our producer Bobby Wagner for his work on today's episode. Stay tuned to the big picture because um, we are shifting gears slightly next Tuesday morning. That is when the Academy Award nominations will be announced. And I will be talking about them and maybe Amanda will too. We'll see you then. <laughs>